Hey, it's Living Cola. Welcome to Casualty of Love's Apologies. Each week, I'll be reading chapters from my book, C-O-L-A. This podcast is rated R for Relatable. What I found when writing was how freeing it allowed me to be. My prayer is that as you listen to this story, you will find your own peace and freedom. It may be a bumpy ride, but we'll get through this together. It starts right now. Chapter 55, Circumstances Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers and overwhelms all transgressions, forgiving and overlooking another's faults. Proverbs 10, verse 12 I was in summer school for hopefully the last time ever. I had brought up my GPA, but it wasn't quite enough yet to get back into my honors program. Plus, I found out that some of the classes I took didn't even count towards my degree requirements, so this was literally my last attempt to complete all the requirements and raise my GPA. The stakes were high. At this point, I had been in school for five years and had borrowed $100,000 from the government for a classical piano degree, so it was time to get the hell up out of school. I was tired of school, tired of people, tired of my neighborhood. I needed a change. May 21st, 2012. Facebook post. My fortune cookie says I need new friends. I agree 100%. End post. Too many parts of me were were clashing and I didn't know what to do about it. We had a new agency that had come onto our building called Women Health and Women's Hands. It's a health agency that's catered to women of color. The woman who spoke was one of the therapists at that location. She spoke about the different types of programs and resources that were available to us if we needed. And I'm thinking, therapy? But I already tried that. Something about her presence drew me to her. She spoke in a calm voice that soothed me. It was like I could feel her vibes of peace. And I'm thinking, yo, I didn't even know they had black therapists that were accessible. You're a hot mess. You need help. You're a hot mess. You need help. Tish's voice was ringing in my head about how messed up I was. It was just a school, KK, a place to live, and feeling like I wasn't good enough was constantly weighing onto me to the point that I figured I needed to do something about it. I made an appointment and went in. I was scared. When she looked at me, she said, So, tell me why you wanted to come. I couldn't think of no other answer, but I said, my mentor says I'm a hot mess and I need help. She kind of looked at me perplexed and said, well, do you think you need help? Well, yeah. I then proceeded to explain to her the things I had been through. The appointment was the day that life started to change for me. Honestly, no regrets. I felt great to speak with someone that made me feel instantly comfortable. June 3rd, 2012. Facebook post. I want to forgive those who have hurt me. But it's hard. Years later, they try to talk to me as if they never hurt me in the first place. How am I to feel? End quote. Mr. Producer hit me up, asking if I could join him on a track he was working on. And I'm thinking, damn stranger, ain't heard from you in a while. Instantly, I was reminded of the encounter. He still hadn't paid me a dime since when his mom gave me the money. 
I thought I had forgiven him, but the minute I saw his name in my inbox, I just got mad all over again. How was it fair? How was it fair to me that he never rectified this wrong? But he was going to message me like we were on good terms for me to do another project with him? How was this okay? I'm kind of happy he thought of me in terms of my artistry, but how he could just go act like we don't have unresolved history? Nah, I can't. All this anger inside, and clearly he don't even know. Tell him. So I decided to send him a message. I know you've been trying to to visit me when you're in the area, but truth is, I honestly haven't been ready to see you. Like, I'm still out a thousand bucks because of you, and that's hard to just put behind me and move forward and act like nothing even happened. I saw your music video. Well done. I wish you the best of luck with your future endeavors, but as for me, there's just too much unresolved anger to act like nothing happened. He responded, I hear you. Cool. Well, that wasn't so bad. Breathe. It felt better to say how I truly felt. I had been trying to avoid him. I would make up reasons why I couldn't meet up when truthfully, I was still angry. I think that's when the healing started. Years of anger. Finally at peace. June 14, 2012. Facebook conversation. I get a message from Nathaniel. Hello, Cola. How you been? What's up? Just wanted to stop by and say hi. How you been? How's KK? I'm good. Doing well, thanks. He's doing just fine. Nice. You still at the same place? What's new? How's school? Not for long. I'm moving. I just finished school today. What? Alden University? Yeah, my last class was today. Congrats. Thanks. Your parents must be very proud of you. I believe they are. Yeah. But anyways, everything else is good? Yeah, girl, just been working, saving up, just fixing up my new place. That's proper. You should stop by my new place sometime. When I get a chance, most up. Nice, that's what's up. End conversation. I never made it out to his place. I never wanted to be mean to him, but I was just trying to move on. That's why my number changed so often. I always felt like I needed a fresh start from something. Once the relationship was over, to me it didn't make sense to keep the communication open. I just never knew how to tell him that. I wanted the best for him, yes. And I didn't mind the updates, but it was a chapter that was already closed. In the midst of all my chaos, I always found time to travel. Money or not, I made it work. Traveling and journeying to a new place always carried so much peace and temporary relief from the strains of life. For the time that I was away, I didn't have to be this girl with all these expectations. I could just be a tourist trying to find my way through the city. My parents always traveled somewhere with us. It felt like life was unbalanced if I didn't travel. I honestly had no clue if my parents were really proud of me. It had taken me five years to get to this point, and with my GPA being so low and my degree being in music, I wasn't sure if they were proud that I had finished or just happy they didn't have to tell people I was a dropout. Even with this degree, I still wasn't convinced that piano was my only path. I had bigger dreams. Music was just an easy choice to silence the voices. One of those dreams was that one day KK would get to have a relationship with his dad. I had forgiven him for all the other drama, but hoped one day things would change. It was always such a trip when he hit me up out of the blue. 
June 14, 2012. Kendrick says, Hi, message me back. I need to speak to you. What's up? We need to do the test. Okay, when? Next month. Okay, just let me know. Okay, I'm supposed to serve you with some papers for a motion to change so that I can get a paternity test, but I'm not into the whole waste of time court drama. I'd rather we come together and do this like grown folks. Yeah, I'm cool with that. So what's your number? He gave him my number and said, what's yours? Says, phone's down right now. I'm going to hit you up with the number as soon as I buy a replacement. In the meantime, link me on here whenever. Same to you. I'd like to get it done before I move. Where are you moving to and when are you moving? I'm moving in August. End conversation. I hadn't heard from this man in over a year. Here he was again. I wanted to get the test done just as much as he did. I was hoping we could really just move on with life. So long as he was trying, I would try too. Some people I just, I couldn't give up on. I wasn't doing this for me, I was doing it for my son. Every now and then I would pull up Kendrick's Facebook account and show Kiki pictures of his dad. He never had any questions, but I always wanted him to know who his dad was and what he looked like. It was the least I could do since he never had to wonder. Even when my sister would say, KK, that's not your dad, or he's a waste man, I'd always say, don't talk like that in front of him. And I'm thinking, waste man or not, he's still KK's dad. I had grown a respect for him as the father of my child, because when I looked at KK, I saw part of me, and I saw part of him. We may not get along, but it was the best gift he could have ever given me. There are many changes in my life. My peace over things with my son's father was giving me peace in the other areas too. I was understanding that just because I had forgiven a person, it didn't mean I needed to keep in constant communication with them. Polite or not, it was fake. June 15, 2012. Nathaniel hits me up. Facebook conversation. Hello, Cola. How are you? Good, thanks. What are you doing? Going to the library. Later. Oh, okay. End post. And I'm thinking, just tell him you're trying to move on. No point in keeping this back and forth thing. I still couldn't bring myself to say anything. I just, I didn't want to hurt him. And I'm thinking, okay, next time I will. Instead of saying anything to him, I just kept my focus on the future. I still hadn't found a place to move. I had to be out by mid-August and my baby was about to hit a milestone. June 27, 2002. Facebook post. My baby graduated yesterday. It's a milestone in his life. I thank God for allowing me to watch my child walk across the stage. I pray I'll get the chance in the future to see him walk across other stages as he strives to defy his disability and work towards great accomplishments. Thank you to my two, two sisters, Aliyah and Roti, who came, among the others. It meant a lot to me to have the support. End post. He did it! My baby did it! He showed them! He stayed in the regular class and graduated. It was one of the best moments in my life. I cried. We fought so hard to be here for this little boy. They said we'd never walk, yet he walked across the stage. It felt like we could do anything. I was hoping that I would get to follow in his footsteps very shortly. July 9th, 2012. Facebook post. What scripture can I read for encouragement or anything to do with strength and strengthening my strength? End post. Trying times, trying to try me during these times. Lord, help me get through this. July 12, 2012. 
12. Facebook conversation. Hey, Nathaniel. I know you've tried to call me a couple times, but I haven't been honest with you. I'm happy that your life is going good now, and I'm glad you got the help you needed, but I'm not interested in talking, even on a friendship tip. I moved on from the shit we went through, and I'm doing great. Too much happened for us to be friends. I appreciate you apologizing and keeping me in your thoughts, but that's really as far as it'll go. I wish you luck. I hope you will treat the next girl you're in a relationship with with respect and that you find happiness. End post. I had too much going on in every aspect of my life to continue this relationship leading nowhere. I needed to stay focused on everything happening around me. July 12, 2012. Facebook post. How can there be a limit placed on a child's life? What choices have I been given? 20 years old or steroids, really? Why can't he live forever without medication? There's nothing more to say. End post. It seemed like life never let me smile for long. We had another rehab appointment. Things changed again. Things were moving beyond my control. As hard as I tried, nothing I did helped. We were using the braces. I had limited how much walking he had to do. Tried to switch his diet. Why is he getting worse? I don't know what else to do. I feel so helpless. We were at a crossroads. It was time to start the steroids. That word, steroids. Was there really no other way? He just graduated. I just saw him walk. I just, I can't. I can't take in anything the doctor is saying. It was all just one big blur. I would explain his fatigue and they would explain it was part of the disease. But one thing I could do was get him a wheelchair. And I'm thinking, I don't want to see him in a wheelchair. This is too much. It felt like a battle of the mind between how my mind said he should be and the reality in front of me. It was as if I had never fully accepted the diagnosis. Maybe that was our downfall, but maybe it was our saving grace. In the moment, nothing felt real. Understanding my discomfort with the look and function of the wheelchair, they offered a solution, which was a device that looked like a stroller, but had some of the functionalities of a wheelchair. My fear with a wheelchair was that if he had to push himself around, it would tire him out too much. With a stroller, I would push him, but the wheels were bigger, which meant they pushed smoother. The main point of the stroller was to conserve his energy. It was enough to ease my mind at the moment. Since I had completely shut down when the doctors talked about the steroids, we left the subject alone for the moment. The focus now was on getting the stroller ordered, and luckily, his occupational therapist was there to help me because I had no clue where to even start. July 12, 2012. Facebook conversation. This is from Cola to Kendrick. Hey, just wanted to know if you still wanted to get this test done. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully end of the month. How you been? Oh, okay. I'll be working the last week of July in case I won't even be here with me. At this moment, things could be better. I just came from rehab with KK and I didn't get the news I was hoping for. Other than that, we perfectly fine. You? Trying to get by. What was the news? Oh, I just have a huge decision to make in regards to Keishan in his future. His doctors are suggesting that I start him on the steroids to prolong his life expectancy and quality of life. 
What are the side effects? Stunted growth, hyperactivity, osteoporosis, mood swings, weight gain, acne, delayed puberty, cataracts. Mm, that's what I know so far. And they want to put them on other medication to counteract the effects of the steroids. End post. KK and Kendrick were complete strangers. Kendrick had no knowledge of what was going on with KK. I had told him bits and pieces over the years to gain an understanding of his medical history, but he never seemed interested, so I never shared any more. If that news wasn't enough to handle, time was running out for me to find an apartment and money was slowing down. I was trying to contact Leo about my money and I was getting the runaround. The money was still tied up and he wasn't sure if he would be accessible to me by the time I moved. I had put all my hope, trust, and faith in that money. And now, he was telling me there was no guarantee that it was going to be ready. I was searching through internet sites for apartments, but it was impossible to find anything. Nothing was all-inclusive. If it was, it wasn't wheelchair accessible, the prices were too high, or I needed proof of income. I didn't have a job because I took care of KK full-time. Welfare was my proof of income, yet it wasn't good enough for these landlords. Which, I mean, it was crazy to me. You would think that people would want welfare as a proof of income because at least that's guaranteed money every month, right? Most places were turning me down, but this one place, this one place rocked, with me to my, rocked me to my core. I finally found a potential apartment. It was a two-bedroom with two bathrooms with ample space for me, KK, and my sister to move in. Perfect, and it was within budget. I called them up to see if there's any availability, and lucky for me, there was. It was a long bus ride from Jane and Shepherd to South Etobicoke, and I didn't know that area all that well, but what I did notice were all the schools, grocery stores, and bus routes along the way. I got a little lost in the way, but once I arrived at the building, I walked towards the office and waited patiently for the lady to finish up her conversation. Once done, she looked over and said, Can I help you? I responded, I'm here to see the two-bedroom, to which she replies, I'm sorry, it's no longer available. And I'm thinking, I came all this way down here and it's not available? I just called this morning. This don't make no sense. So I say, oh, but I called a few hours ago and they said they still had availability. She said, no, I'm not sure who told you that, but it's unavailable. I'm thinking, weird, that sucks. I was so discouraged. I thought I had found a great apartment and just my luck, it was gone. I left the building and started the long journey back home. On my way, I called my mom and explained the situation, and she said, What do they mean it's not available? So how come when you called earlier, they said they had something? So That doesn't sound right. I don't know why, but my gut was saying something was off, and my mother confirmed the same sentiments to me. On a hunch, I called the office. Hi there, I was calling to see if you had a two-bedroom available. Oh yeah? Would it be possible for me to view it? I can come later on tonight, around 7 p.m. Great. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Hmm. So it is available? I wanted to be sure I had heard correctly, so I asked both my mom and sister to make similar calls. Each told me the same thing. They had a two-bedroom and even a three-bedroom available. Now this don't make no damn sense. I waited for my sister to get home from school to drive us down there because I didn't have enough time to take the bus and... Make it back to pick up KK. We pull up to the building, but instead of me going in, I let my sister go in and ask while I sat in the car with KK. Not even five minutes later, my sister walks out saying, 
This department is no longer available. And I'm thinking, yo, what the hell is wrong with these people? Wait, is it because we're black? Seriously? They can do that? No, it can't be. That can be happening to us. They made us waste our gas to drive back down here and nothing is available. I spent my whole day on this bullshit. I can't figure this out. To test my theory, I called again from the car right outside to see what they would say. Once again, the lady confirms there was a two-bedroom available. Yet again, I say I'll be right there to see it. The second I hung up the phone, I hopped out of the car with KG and ran up in the spot, pumped with adrenaline. From the top of the stairs, I look at the woman and said, Do you remember me? Gotcha. The look on her face was priceless. She was silent at the moment, then proceeded to say, Oh, oh, oh did you just call? I said, Yes, I did. And you said there's a two-bedroom available, and I would like to see it. Instead of letting us see the apartment, she had us sit and fill out an application. I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. I've been in situations where I've had to ask myself, wait, did that seem a bit racist to you? But this, this was just blatant to me. Both my sister and I filled out an application. It had been so long and an exhausting day, I just wanted to get this over with so we could go home. Time was ticking and we needed a place to stay. By 9 a.m. the next morning, our application had been denied. Ouch. Guess I should have seen that coming. Not only did I not have a place to live, but I didn't have a place to live because I was black? How does one make sense of that? Often what I felt, when I felt lost, I would write. And it seemed like the perfect timing because I just got a call from the Amy program leader asking if I was able to take part in the summer program. It was going to be a condensed workshop, but I didn't want to pass on this opportunity because it would have given me an amazing chance to perform with such talented women as part of the Summer Works Festival. I already had a story ready. Last time, it was about rape. This time, it was going to be about KK, his illness, and my challenges with being a young black female mother. June 17, 2012. Facebook conversation between me and Kendrick. Hey, the week of the 29th to August 4th, Keshawn will be home with me. Just a heads up, and I'm doing a show downtown, so my schedule is hectic. And he says, when are you free? Well, next week, August 5th to 8th, after 3. After that, not until late after I move. Wow, okay. Yeah, my summer job kicks in July 30th, and it's crazy along with the move. When are you free? When did you want to get it done? First week in August. I got to work and daycare is closed. Can we do it the second week? Okay. What are you up to? Right now, I'm packing and cleaning you. Just let me know when we're meeting and if it can be after three, please. Okay, no problem. Thanks. I'm just here chilling. Oh, word. You still hanging Rex? Yeah. Where you at now? Same place. Jane and Shep. How's your daughter? No daughter. I swear you told me you had a child one time. Nah. Oh, okay, true. So what have you been doing with yourself? School and work. Story of my life. Still studying paramedic or EMS, something like that? Yes, and Turner School. What's Turner School? Cars. Oh, interesting. You still in school? Nah, I just finished. Graduation is in the fall. Congrats.
Thanks. Five years. Wow. So you're moving with the hubby? Nah, no hubby right now. Just KK. And I'm letting my sister stay until she finishes school. You live on your own? Yeah. Oh, okay. How much longer do you have for school? One year. That's a good accomplishment. Then I'll be Toronto's number one bachelor. Thanks. Oh, really? Where did all the girls go? I can't get no girls. <laughs> Why is that? I swear your Facebook page has pics of wifeys. Years back. Your pic should have been up there. Quit playing. I was never wifey. <laughs> so you're all grown up now. You could have been. Yes, I am. Hey, your B-Day's tomorrow, ain't it? Y- yep. Remember the last B-Day present you gave me? Do you remember? It was so long ago. How old are you? Like, 26? I'll never forget it. You'll never forget... Yes, it was a wonderful night. You do know that's the same night I got PG, right? But I'm curious of what you remember. Well, it's almost 12, so let me be the first to say, Happy birthday! I wish you many more. Thank you, mamacita. How's your birthday so far? Alright, what you up to? I'm downtown right now, enjoying a sick-ass dinner, some some malicious thing. What are you doing for your B-Day? End conversation. This was the first decent conversation we had had in years. I felt like he was trying to flirt with me, which caught me off guard a bit. Because I'm like, I thought he hated me. I thought I was just some dumbass hoe. It was interesting, but I went along with it because it felt good to finally be able to just talk. We used to talk before all the drama started. We used to have great conversations. In this moment, I missed that. I missed the dude that I could just kick it with on the phone. I felt like a part of me would always care about him a bit. We connected deeper than just the surface. Our child was growing strong and beautiful. The more love I had for my son, the more I respected his father. I was hoping this would be the beginning of a cordial friendship. KK loved cars just as much as his dad did. Maybe it was something they could have done together. Maybe, just, just maybe. I won't get my hopes up though. July 21st, 2012. Facebook conversation. Hey, how are you? What did you end up doing for your B-Day? He says, I'm going out tonight. Oh, cool. Have fun. July 27th, 2012. So, I'm doing research for a play. I'm in the summer. And I want to know what you look for physically in the opposite sex. And he says, Someone that's real, loves to laugh, respects space, and adventurous in the bedroom and out. I respect your answer. Thank you. But her physical attributes is what I'm curious about. Like body-wise, breast, ass, smile, anything that turns you on sexually. By the way a woman looks, what kind of women would you typically date? Fat ass, nice breasts, and killer smile. (laughs) Thank you. He says, shallow, I know. It's an honest answer, I respect that. I'll take that over bullshit any day. What you like physically in a dude? Oh, wow. (laughs) No one's asked me that before. Um... I'm intrigued by nice eyes, cute smile, body-wise, someone taller than me, <laughs> which isn't hard. I'm 5'3". But I like thick dudes who can grip me. I'm not attracted to MAGA men. And at the moment, 
I'm really attracted to American dudes. I'm kind of over Toronto men. I haven't met anyone that had anything solid to offer me. Okay, okay. So I say, what you doing? Yeah, my bad. I realized I got caught away with that response. And he says, just came out the shower. I'm a little nude. Oh, my bad. Do you? End of conversation. I had asked a few guys what they were attracted to, and I always got some interesting answers. One of the characters I was working on needed some more depth, and since I wasn't a man, I thought I'd go to the source. I don't know why I thought my baby father would be a good person to ask, but since we were on talking terms, I thought, why not? And I remind myself, girl, stay focused. Get this test done. Stop being so damn friendly. July 29, 2012. Facebook conversation. And I say, hey, how are you? Have you gotten a chance to book the DNA test yet? He said, not yet, but I'm going to book it this week. For the ne- for next week, after three, right? Don't mean to be on you so much, but with my shows moving, we're going to Vegas for business. I just want to get it done. And I'm sure you want to get on with life, too. You're good, though? He said, yeah, I'm good. What you up to? I'm just getting back from Windsor. About to drop KK off in the East End. Oh, okay. Yeah, what are you doing? Nothing. Bored as fuck. <laughs> Boo, that sucks. What do you normally do for fun? Go out, stay in, doesn't matter. You? I don't go out unless I'm traveling a distance. I usually stay home and chill. July 30th, 2012. Thanks for your input the other day. So far, it made it into the show I'm doing. No problem. August 3rd, 2012. What's grinding? He says, just drinking. Sounds like fun. What are you drinking? I can only drink specific drinks because I hate the taste of alcohol. I like a porn star because it tastes like candy. And he says, what do you taste What do you taste like? Porn star is a drink I like. It just happens to have a crazy name. And I don't know what I taste like. You don't remember? He says, I didn't get the taste. Fair enough. Now I'm curious. Why now? Always have been. I never got that memo. We kind of just lost touch. I think your sister might have told me once that you liked me, but we wasted so much time fighting. I know. So it's true then. There was a point that you liked me? Good to know I I wasn't the only one then. So no banner for you today? I used to love you off. I never knew, but I used to love you off too. Funny, because... I don't look like your type, according to all the girls I see you hanging out with. Sure. Sure what? You used to love me off. I did. We never hung out because I lived far, but I loved when we talked on the phone. And physically, you were exactly what I wanted, but you started calling me a hoe. And I guess that's all I was to you at the time. I'm sorry for everything you went through when we stopped talking. I really am. But the fact remains, we still have a crazy past to deal with. Things could have been so simple, but it never happened that way. So, have you booked the test yet? End conversation. It's a dangerous thing when people start to reminisce. I couldn't tell if he was playing games or not. He never liked me after the first time. Was I crazy? One minute he wanted to be my man, the next minute he's calling me a hoe. Which do I believe? Was I starting to have feelings for him again? Nah, that's crazy. 
Right now, my goal was to keep the conversation going to make sure the DNA test happened. The fact that we were on good terms was a miracle, and I didn't want to mess this up, but I needed to organize myself, and it was time to learn the truth. August 5th, 2012. Facebook post. Summerworks Festival! Come check out the show Derailed, filled with drama and heartfelt stories. Tickets on sale. Check your events for more info. End post. August 7, 2012, Facebook conversation. Kendra kissed me up and says, no, I'm going to book the test for next week. I'm moving next week, Monday to Thursday. I'm moving. Thursday to Sunday, I have a show every day. Then Monday to Thursday, I'll be in Vegas. No response. He didn't respond when I needed him to. I was set to move out of my place, and even though I didn't have another place set up yet, I felt like everything was moving faster than I could even catch up to. Everything was happening at the same time, and when things got heavy, I got to traveling. Aliyah and I settled on a three-day trip to Vegas, because it allowed me to go to the magic fashion show during the day, yet still make the most out of our night. This trip to Vegas couldn't have come at a better time. I knew after this Summerworks Festival, I was going to need something. It was a beautiful performance, one to remember. I had never tapped into so many raw emotions about KK and Muscle Distribute before. It was like an overflow of love and release of the pressures that I felt being his mother, making all the decisions and having not one clue if I was doing anything right. There was a strength that came from standing on stage and telling my story freely. There was an outpour of love that was exchanged for sorrow. How do I explain the unexplainable? Theater is full of live emotions, feelings, movement, and unspoken words. Even if I'm shouting at the top of my lungs, it's beautiful. And suddenly, I didn't feel like this black woman that was rejected or the mother of a child with an incurable disease. I was Cola, daughter to two loving parents. Though they had different ways of expressing it, they loved me just as much as they loved their grandchild. This moment created a new understanding of life and gratitude. I never felt as alone as I used to feel, and God made sure of that. But at this moment, this high, there was always a low. Life and love never let me smile for longer than I had to. The beauty of therapy was it was always there to catch me before I spiraled. In therapy, I was learning about safe boundaries and core morals. Things that, no matter what, would never change. My faith in God was something that was always constant. And my love for my son, friends, family, interchangeable at times. My ability to survive on my trauma have been rooted not only in the foundation of those I have chosen to surround myself with, but also by my morals. In my heart, I believe that suicide was wrong. Therefore, no matter how much pain I was in, no matter how much thoughts would come, it was never an option for me, personally. But there are moments that, no matter how much sunshine was around me, the darkness seemed never-ending. My therapist reminded me, have faith that things will work out. I knew that saying inside and out, it was written in my bones, yet I often forgot how to be grounded in the midst of a storm. When the sun shone again, I would say, Ooh, Lord, you were faithful. I had caused myself to be physically ill 
with all my stressing and worrying about finding a new apartment. I felt like shit that I couldn't provide a place for my son, but I was determined to keep searching. In the very last moments, just mere weeks before I was supposed to move out, we found a place. It was another Toronto community housing building, but the price was going to be the market rent as opposed to subsidized. It was a huge change, but one that made me feel like, welcome to the adult world. Even though I still needed my mom to co-sign for us, it was originally supposed to be ready for the middle of August. I was ready to move, but they needed more time to work on it, which was a blessing in disguise because the investment still hadn't come in. So I needed to find another way to get my first and last paid and now I have more time to find it. Luckily, my current building extended my stay for the few weeks that it would take for my new place to be ready. To my benefit, I was already in the Toronto housing system, so it was an easy transition from uptown west to downtown west. From when I stepped in the office, I had a feeling that I was leaving with an apartment. I just didn't know which building she had available. Instead of looking for an apartment to suit us, I looked for a school that would suit KK. My mentor Tish had told me of the school that was full of bright colors and was almost magical once you walked in. She knew of it because she lived in the area. We decided to visit the school, and from the moment I walked in, I felt like home. The first thing I noticed was the decorated piano in the lobby. There were colors everywhere, and the open space in the front made the school feel larger than life. I got to sit with the VP and ask her questions. Ooh, damn, a black lady. I never had that growing up. I had a bunch of questions. What's your EAP program like? What if he needs breaks? Is the school accessible? What are your class sizes? How many students? How many grades? Will you work with his agencies outside? I left that meeting feeling confident that I had found the school. Coincidentally, the apartment that was available for us was right down the street from the school. Before accepting the offer, the woman had told us to view the apartment. At first glance, it was a bit of a wreck. It wasn't the cleanest. Floors were scratched. Garbage everywhere. Meat left on the counter. But I fell in love with the potential of the apartment. And honestly, it seemed like a match made in heaven. Ready, set, paid. Move-in date, September 1st, 2012. My highlights from my Vegas trip were the connections I made while networking. And apparently, I saw French Montana. I love that I'm kind of oblivious to celebs, so I don't act like a groupie. Only thing that sucked was unless I had a reason to meet the person, I missed out on certain opportunities. One night, we decided to do bar hopping. That was incredibly fun. It was kind of suspect the way we were sold the tickets, but I met so many interesting people that night. I'm not sure what it is with me. Whenever I travel, I get hit on by white guys who finally find me really beautiful and fun. Back in Toronto, I guess I just blend in. I can't even get a white guy to look my way. Overall, it was an amazing trip and a polar opposite for the hell that was patiently awaiting my arrival at home. August 25th, 2012. Facebook conversation. And I start, I say, Wagwan. Kendrick says, hey, what's going on? How are you? We still doing the test? I'm all right. And yes, we are. Okay, cool. I just got back from Vegas, so I have a little more time now. What are you up to? No response. And I'm thinking, will this test ever get done? Hey, I'm Paula. Thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a blessing. You can find copies of this book at livingcola.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. 
Please join me next week as I continue to read chapters from Casualty of Love's Apologies.